Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We were lost and we've been found, but why were we even sought after? The parables Jesus tells in today's passage are some of his more straightforward parables. They're meant to answer the question implicitly posed by the scribes and the Pharisees in the narrative when they see Jesus receiving tax collectors and sinners. Why? Why bother with them? It's a question we may not have much sympathy for here at first because we are all morally advanced enough to affirm that IRS agents are, in point of fact, deserving of the mercy of God. And as for sinners, we've all been trained to know that everyone is a sinner, and if we pray, pay attention every Mass, we remember that each of us calls ourselves the chief of sinners. So this term, sinner, is a name we in our church, in our tradition, apply primarily to ourselves and not as a word we deploy against other people. This confuses the anti-Christian world out there that thinks we're in here becoming more like the Pharisees than Christ. They think that uh, we think they're all sinners and that we're all good. This is neither the content of the Bible, nor the church fathers, nor the tradition, nor our devotions. We know this. It's certainly not the gospel that we're supposed to be proclaiming as evangelists to them out in the world. But just because we don't weaponize the word sinner, are we yet entirely clear of the charges leveled against us by the outside world that we do actually think ourselves better than them? Think for a moment before you answer that in your head, because what I'm asking us is, is there anyone out there that you doubt is either capable of being found by God or is worth it? Someone hosting a show on a news network on TV, for example. A group holding signs in front of some building or marching down some street. Someone sharing particular things over and over on social media. A foreign president or government, or a not so foreign one. Let's get personal. Someone who's done something to you or has been in your life and affected it in some way negatively. I know, for me, and this is the only person I can speak for, several of these questions make me pause for a moment to analyze what I actually do think, what I actually feel. Because even though my faith and rationality affirm that every single person is capable of being found and worth the saving love of God, certain parts of my heart disagree with that sometimes, I think, for certain people, at least at certain times. And it takes asking that question explicitly and considering it for all those groups and cases to shine a light on the dark corners of my heart and to make sure I'm not hiding any rats or ugly things in those corners? Is there any festering anger, hatred I have towards someone that I haven't relinquished? Any doubts about their value and worth? If I, if I could actually see Christ bothering to pay attention to them, would I stand off to the side and murmur like the scribes and Pharisees? I might be more sophisticated and enlightened than to use the S word, sinners, against them, but I'm not completely free all the time, I think, of the charge of harboring some of the same feelings. So if I'm honest, these parables are for my benefit today, even as I consciously stand with Jesus and his disciples 
and with the tax collectors and, uh, and, and sinners and against the Pharisees and scribes in this story, I've made my stand where I am, but maybe the parables being told to the Pharisees are still for me. Maybe I can benefit from them. And I think I can, and this for two reasons. The first reason is to reteach me the lesson meant for the Pharisees, like I was saying. If I'm ever tempted to grumble at the churches, that is Christ's patience and effort at searching out and lifting up certain people in this world, then I don't have God's perspective on them yet. Because in both of these parables, we see two principles, two things working together. One, that there is a great effort involved on God's part to seek out that lost person. And two, that that person is worth it. Uh, the parable of the lost sheep, I think, emphasizes the first principle primarily. But the huge effort of the shepherd to leave the sheepfold, to go out who knows where, to find that lost one, to set out into danger and pain, and upon finding the poor lost creature, to pick it up on his own shoulders and to carry it all the way back, rejoicing the whole way, to do for it what it would never have been able to do on its own. This is the effort that God is describing for us that he undergoes to rescue people. The parable of the lost coin, I think, emphasizes the value of the thing that was lost. A silver coin being one of only 10, a tithe is not an insignificant part of this woman's wealth. It's searched for by her with intentional effort. The woman didn't just say, oh well, nine coins is good enough. The value of that coin, not just because of its material, its metal, but also because of its royal tinder, its value within the economy, because it's stamped with the image of the king. This represents an unlosable item. She could not not search for it. And every single last person out there is an unlosable item to God, the value of which we can't comprehend and worth an effort to save that we also can't comprehend. Carefully contemplating, I think, this lesson can rescue us from that Pharisee's disease. It's a lesson we need to establish deep inside of us so that when we feel that repulsion at our fellow sheep, our fellow coins, we can remember what effort they are worth going to in order to save. The second reason these parables are for my benefit is to remind me that not only are those others out there worth this, but I myself am that sheep, that coin. Don't I mean that I was that sheep in that coin because I've been found now? Yes, but also no. Because I'm prone to leave the God I love, in the words of the 18th century Baptist hymnographer Robert Robinson. The effort God has gone through, not just for everyone else, but for me, that's something that produces a unique and invaluable emotion in me and one that's vital to rekindle from time to time in order to help me maintain or to restart, whichever the case may be, my devotion. And the reason this has to be restarted from time to time is because I keep wandering. I wander and I'm rescued. I'm wandering and I'm being rescued. I'm wandering and I'm being rescued. This is my life. This is the content of my every day. It's an emotional, powerful humility that is inspired in me when I stop to think about it 
when I break the cycle, when I stop to think how many times have I been rescued after how many times have I wandered away. And it's this humility that is rekindled in me when I take the time to meditate on it. I think that's vital in creating an even more vital emotion, thankfulness. Of all the emotions and dispositions of the heart that connect me to God, honor, worship, holy fear, awe, I think it's thankfulness, true thankfulness that connects me the most deeply to God. God set out into the harsh wild to find and rescue me. In the incarnation, he did this, of course, but also again and again and again throughout my life as I continue to wander and get lost. Why? Why does he bother? It's because his own image is on me. It's because of the material he's made me of, something special and wonderful, something unique. It's because I'm part of his family, part of his body even. It's because simply in a word that he loves me. Thank you, Father, that you sent your only son to make sons out of us. Thank you, Jesus, for lifting us up on your own body to rescue us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for lighting a candle inside us and sweeping our hearts and finding the image of God inside us to restore it to us. Help us not to have the disease of the Pharisees when looking at others. And when looking at ourselves, help us to feel a deep thankfulness for your salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and Reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.